This lecture is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Deacon Danny Cahoot. Last time I taught was the Christmas lesson, so I'm going to skip right back where we were on the, in mountains. And uh, just prior to that, I was on Elijah and uh, how he had just slew the prophets of Baal. And then uh, Jezebel put a price on his head and was coming after it. And knowing that he had the power of God, this will pertain to us as we get further in the lesson this morning, that, that we know God's great. We know his power. We know he's never going to leave us. We know all the promises. But sometimes when we get in, when we're overwhelmed, the devil can put that in the back part of our minds and it just, and it slips. And we forget what we've got surrounding us, the power that's involved with it. And, uh, so Elijah went back to Sinai, back to Egypt, to hide, to find the mountain of God. And uh, so anyway, you know, when we were on Sinai, you know, the Sinai had several significant things uh, involved. We're not on Sinai today. We are going to talk a little bit about Elisha's life. When Elijah passed the mantle and the torch to Elisha, Elijah passed his ministry to Elisha. He was transcended up in heaven. And uh, it, my whole lessons, are, I'm, I'm on teaching on the mountains. Elijah will come back into the picture when I get on the Mount of Transfiguration, Transfiguration because Peter, James, and John saw him. And he'd been gone 4,000 years, 3,000. I'm not going to teach on that this morning, but that's one of the mountains that's coming up. And, uh, but right now we're going to be talking about Elisha's ministry and the mountains, mountain range of Tel Dothan. That's the name of it. I don't know how familiar you are with that, but this is the area that he was actually born in. But before I get into it, I wanted to, to touch on a few things about Elisha's life because there at the end, you know, he died a sick man. He was sick, had a sickness and died. And you figure, how could the power of God lay, lay on this man's life? And he do all these things, and we're going to cover a few of them. And God let him, why didn't God just take him? I mean, let's go to Second Kings. Well, hold on, let me, before I do that, we're going to talk a lot about angels this morning. Because angels were involved in Elisha's life. And so before I get there, I wanted to touch base on just one part of it. I want to go to Hebrews real quick, chapter 2. Let me find it so I can get, keep my pages done. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 2 real quick before we jump into Elisha's life. Because so many times we are so accompanied, accompanied, surrounding us every step of our life with a spiritual awareness, a spiritual world that we just can't see. We just know it's there by faith. And it's evil and it's, and it's God-powered. God's got his angels and Satan has his. But as I, you know, as I even talked uh, in the lesson the last time I taught, how Zacharias was in the temple praising God and 
the angel came to him and, I, and he said, how do I know this is, this is going to happen? I'm an old man talking about the birth of John. He said, because I'm Gabriel and I'm sent by God to do this. God has sent me to do this and to give this word to you. And this word is steadfast. It's holy. You can't change it. And so his mouth was shut. So all through the Bible, when God sends an angel, the words of angels are steadfast and unmovable because God sends them. Now, how many angels would it take to actually destroy this world? I mean, that's not going to happen, but you can't kill them. If they took another million years, they could do this one at a time. One at a time. So in Hebrews chapter 2, this is pretty interesting leading into the lesson. And uh because we know that when Jesus Christ ascended back into heaven, he was sat down on the right hand of the Father. Well, let's go to chapter 1 first. Okay. Let me find, find this thing. Okay. Verse 13 of chapter 1. To which, this is, this is, this is really cool here. But to which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make mine enemies my footstool? He didn't say that to the angels. He said that to Jesus. And he said, sit on my right hand. And here's what I want us to see and focus on right here. This next verse right here as we get into Elisha's uh, life. The pastor talked on Wednesday night about the thousands and thousands times thousands and thousands of angels right now in heaven at the throne of God. And what do they do? Okay, what are they going? What are they? And, and as we put voice to God's word, God will send an angel in your life. We've all got protective angels. They're everywhere. And they hearken unto the voice of this word. It says right here in verse 14, talking about the angels. But to which of the, verse 13 first, let's go back to that. But which of the angels said, he at any time sit on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstools? Are they not all? That's, let's see that all ministering spirits. Every single one of them. And what, is, what does that ministering mean? It means serve. Aren't they all serving spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? If you're saved, let me tell you something. Now, if we're living in the gutter, God can't anoint sin in our life. But if we're living by this word, we've got protection. We've got a hedge of protection around us. Tithing is a big thing about it. Just living a godly life, prayer life, Bible reading. But they're all sent to 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 minister, to serve to those that are heirs of salvation. Now, if you've got an angel here watching over you, and you said, yeah, I'm going to go over here and do this. He's going to sit back and let us, and God's going to allow trouble to come in our life. It's like the pastor talks sometimes, self-manufactured trouble is very avoidable. But trouble's going to come even if it's not... I mean, if we're doing right, it's still trouble going to come. But we, but God has got our back. And this is, therefore, this is chapter 2, therefore we ought to give more earnest heed to the things we've heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, that means if God sent an angel like he sent Gabriel to Zachary, if it was steadfast, it's going to happen if God sends them. It's going to happen. You can't change it. 
The word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a recompense of reward. How shall we escape if we neglect that salvation that's sent to us? You see that? Let's go to, that's uh, verse 3. How shall we escape the troubles of this world, the times of trouble? The thing, if we just neglect what God, the protection, the hedge that God gets us, I'm not tithing. Okay. The hedge is removed. Okay. I'm not going to be faithful. That's what the hedge. I mean, we can do things in our life that, that will just tear down the hedge in our life. But if we're doing what God says, if we're faithful, if we're loyal, if we're obedient, the hedge is there. And, and, and that's a salvation. This salvation right here, and now you can interpret it different ways. I'm just, I just look at it at a different angle. Is this is a blood bought salvation. This is like a rescue from a time of storm. This is, this is a rescue salvation. Okay. So we're going to go here to second Kings now. I just wanted to cover that because Elisha's life was nothing but encompassed by angels every step of the way. Second Kings. I don't want to cover all these right here, but just, just, just for a second, I'll read them. I've got verse, uh, starting in 2 Kings 4, chapter 2. This is just a few of the things, and then we'll get into the lesson. Elisha, parting of the Jordan. That was uh, 2 Kings 2.14. I'm going to go through about 15 or 20 of them, and there's many more. Then the healing of the waters. Then the curse of the she-bears. Then the filling the valley with water. Then the deception of the Moites in the valley of blood. Just, just filling the valley full of blood. The miracles of the vessels and the oil. Prophecy that the Shumite woman would have a son. The resurrection of the Shumite son. The healing of the, of the gourds. Uh, the miracle of the bread. The healing of Naaman. The perception of, uh, of Gerza. And we're going to cover that right here. And his transgression. That was huge. This is really where the lesson's going to focus. The cursing of Gerizah with leprosy. The floating axe head. The prophecy of the Syrian battle planes. The vision of the chariots. The smiting of the Syrian army with blindness. The restoring of the sight of the Syrians. The end of the... I can't read what I wrote. Anyway... Every, his, Elijah's life was not just walking around his earth. He had a purpose in his, and it was a ministry of angels that surrounded his life. There was a lot of miracles that took place in this man's life. So we're in 2 Kings. We're going to start there here. Let's go to chapter uh, 4 first. I think that's where I'm at. No, I'm not going to go over the name and seal it. Here we are. I'm going to set the scene here as we get into this lesson this morning. It's really powerful if you look at it because it'll change your life if you let it. It will absolutely change your life because it's not one thing that can come into your life. Not one thing, if you're living right, that God doesn't know about and He doesn't allow. I don't care if it's a sickness of death in the family. I don't care if it's a car wreck. I don't care if it's a broken refrigerator, a flat tire. If your heart is in tune with God, God knows about it and there's a purpose behind it. There's a re- We might not never know the purpose. Just briefly. In my own life, I've been praying for a miracle for probably 15 years. 
and lost my faith on the prayer that I prayed and gave up on it. I didn't have enough faith that it would happen. I really didn't. And this is kind of where Zacharias was in the temple. Zacharias was old, 90-some years old. And the angel said, your prayer has been answered. Zacharias said, what prayer are you talking about? Whether you want to have a child. What? I quit praying for that 20 years ago. That's not going to happen. And the angel shut his mouth and said, the word of the angel was steadfast. Six months ago, something I'd totally given up on. A miracle happened. And my prayer was answered. 100%. I can't get into details of it right now. Uh, but I would have never. I've talked to my brother about it. Tears. Crying. Brother Dave. It would have never happened. I, I, I just knew that I don't have enough faith for that to happen. I believe you might have the faith for it. You might have. But me, based on circumstances, that's just, it's just, I give up. All of a sudden, my prayer was answered. And I believe it was a ministry of angels because other people that had faith kept praying. Other people that had much more faith than I've got poured their hearts into me. So let's get get busy here. This plan, where this where we're heading with this is the king of Syria and the king, and Syrians were warring against Israel. They're battling. Okay, so verse this, that's, that's the scene. They're at war. Okay, verse eight of chapter. We're gonna look at King Second Kings chapter six, verse eight. Then the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel. With the servant saying, in such and such a place shall be my camp. What he, and the man of God, when, right before I get there, what he's doing is he's saying, okay, we're going to set up camp here because we know they're crossing here. We know they're coming here. We know that the Israelites are coming here. We'll surround them and we'll ambush them right here and we'll take them. So that's the scene that was set right here. So let's go back and read verse 8 again. Then the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel. This is Elisha. Sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not to that such a place, for thither the Syrians are come now. Now how did Elisha know that? Angels. God spoke to him. And the king of Israel sent to the place which was the man of God and told him and warned him of and saved himself there, not once nor twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he and his called his servants and said unto them, Will ye not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? What is he saying? Who snitched on us? One of you, you I'm going to have your head. Somebody snitched on us and let and gave them. Yeah, let's bring them all up here. Let's get them. Let's let's bring him up here. I'm gonna cut his head off. We had them. Their backs were against the wall. Verse twelve. And none of his servants said, "None, Lord, O King, but Elisha the prophet that is in Israel telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in your bedchamber." Now, this man is sitting there making a, a war plot to annihilate Israel. 
in a closed, closed closet of the most secure army. How did Elijah hear those words? It could be just, an, you know, the, the God speaks to this man and how to lead this church. If it goes south, folks, it's not on us. We just got to uplift him and follow him. But the Lord, he doesn't sit there and say, this is what I want you to do, pastor. No, he gives him, he gives him the, the, the intuition, I guess you call it, of how to lead. God's not going to let it, let, let, let something go south on us. Here we go. Verse, uh, 13. And he said, go and spy where he is. This is the king of Syria. Spy where he is that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him saying, behold, he is in Dothan. Now what he's saying is, he said, just go get him and fetch him. Bring him on over here. Get him out of there so the next day in Bush is going to go good. You got to understand this whole story. We got to get this prophet out of there because if he can, if he, so, and we'll lock him up so he don't tell no more. And it was told him saying, he is in Dothan. Now tell Dothan is right outside of Syria, seven miles, I mean, Samaria. It's in Israel. This is where Elisha was actually born. And he was in his hometown, surrounded by a mountain range called Tel Dothan. Verse 14, therefore he sent thither, wait a minute, told him, saying, behold, he is at Dothan. Therefore sent he, this is the king again, Syrian, thither horses and chariots and a great host. A great host, that means the entire Syrian army was coming to get him. Coming to get Elisha. Because he foiled their war plans. They came by night and compassed about the city, the whole city of Dothan. They were around him. They had him surrounded. Okay, when I give the signal, we're going to get him. And when the servant of the man of God, you know, well, I'm, 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 if I don't get jump ahead, I, I won't be able to finish. The servant of the man of God, that doesn't mean he didn't, that doesn't mean he served this man. That doesn't mean he didn't serve. He was in tune with God and God says, okay, this is the man of God. I'm going to follow him. Kind of like we got here. That's the man of God. You know what? I'm a servant of him, but I love God and I serve God. I'm this man's servant. Forget the brother part. If it's something that he needs me to do and tells me, you, Hey, you shouldn't do that. He, he, I'm not be, I'm not, I'm not just because it's blood. That doesn't mean that this ministry is going, something's going to happen in it. That's my fault. I'm going to follow what he wants done and I'm going to do it. I, I might not agree with it, but I'm a servant of a most holy God and I trust his leadership. This is all boiling down to, to, to right here, the ministry of angels, because let me tell you something. I don't know whether y'all realize or not, but you can, if the Lord would open up our spiritual eyes, this entire property, sure, it's a, it's a war. Every time a lost person comes in that door, there's war. A distraction, somebody getting up, going out, somebody sitting there, uh, talking, writing papers. So, so it's a war going on between somebody's eternal life. And as we as brothers and sisters sit here, Lord, save somebody today. Lord, hold back the demons of hell, Lord. Drive them back, Lord. Let this man's ministry just flow into these people. Let us hear what, you, what the man of God has got to say. Drive and put the hedge around. 
when you get in your car and you're driving home, that's where another battle takes place. In the home, wherever we go, it's a spiritual warfare. And our entire lives are this way. Okay, in verse 15, And when the servant of the man of God was risen up early, he gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city with horses and chariots. Can you imagine? Now see, we all got, we're all human. If you knew you were getting ready to die, you just knew it. You just looked around and said, we ain't getting out of this. Rather than saying, Lord, the battle is yours. We're all human. We all fall to fear. And this man, it's aimed at two of them. Elisha and Elisha's servant. And he's looking. Elisha's no dummy. Elisha knows what God is. Elisha has the spiritual eyes. Elisha has the force. Elisha knows the faith is there. I mean, there's no doubt in his mind. He sees already. And the servant, all he can see is, oh, no. I won't have time to go tell my wife I love her. Which we should do that every day. I won't have time to, to call my kids and say, hey, can you come over on this such and such day unless you have a meal. You know, it's over. We're, we're done. I mean, well, there's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to hide. We're surrounded. Let's read that again. And when the servant of the man of God was risen up early and gone forth, behold, the host of compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And the servant said to him, Alas, master, what are we going to do now? What shall we do? And he answered, first thing, fear not. Don't be afraid. Don't you remember? The Lord used me to part the rivers of Jordan. The Lord used me to heal the waters that were poisoned. The Lord used me to, to curse the she-bears. The Lord, all these things that the, that the Lord has already done for us. Come on. I mean, death is victory, if that's the way it is. But you don't understand. And he said, "Fear not. There be more with us than more. There be that they be, they that be with us are more than with them." Can you imagine that one statement? Where they at, Elisha? What are you talking about? And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes. Just open them one time. That he can see what we see. That he can see what I see. That he knows what I... Just open his eyes one time, Lord, that he may see. And the Lord did. Opened his eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountains. The whole mountain range of Dothan. Behold, the, the mountain was full of horses and chariots and fire. Round about Elisha, surrounded him. And he looked at that and he said, they ain't getting through here. It's a wall of fire all around us, you know. And can you imagine how this young man felt at that point? Do you think that did anything for him spiritually when he came through that battle? And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord. And this is, this is the, the whole angel band, the whole angel band coming down the mountain coming down the mountain, coming down the mountain, they got to Elisha. Chariots of fire. 
And when they, and when they came down to, to him, just coming down from the mountain, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, and said, smite these people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. Now here's where Elisha, actually, this is a lie. <laughs> Elisha, Elisha, the man of God, that did all these things that your God is working with, sit here and told a bold-faced lie. And Elisha said unto him, this is not the way. That's a lie. Right? It's not the truth. Because it was the way. He's standing right in front of them. Neither is this, and, and it's not a one of us that don't lie. Not a one of us. You get flying down the road, you get pulled. <laughs> I didn't know I was speeding. <laughs> Every one of us say it, right? We all lie. All right. And he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. And Elisha said, this is not the way, neither is this the city that you're looking for. Follow me and I'll bring you to the man whom you seek. You know what he won't? He won't go to sit there and say, I'll take you to myself and let you kill me. But he led them to Samaria. And Samaria from Dothan is like seven miles. It's a seven mile hike. You got to figure this whole march. You got to figure every one of them are blind. They could not see. Elisha could have run him off a cliff. Elisha said, neither the blind, smite them, Israel. Vengeance, get them. They're coming to kill you. Eye for eye, get them. But no, he didn't do that. I will bring you to the man whom you seek. But he led them to Samaria. And it came to pass when they were come to Samaria that Elisha said, Lord, open their eyes of these men that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes and they saw and behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. And this whole army, mainly the king, realized this man has spared our lives. That's the man of God right there. This man has done a kind thing. He, we were, he could have had every one of us. This is a perfect example that Elisha showing how we as Christians ought to, ought to be in our lives. We don't supposed to seek revenge, get even. Most of, a lot of us do though. It's all human nature. But we don't say, okay, you said that. I'll do this. Okay. I ain't talking to him no more. You know, well, but, but, you know, that's not what God wants in our lives. God wants peace. Whatever is pure, whatever is holy, whatever is good, whatever. Think on these things and share the love of Christ. See, these people, Elisha could have, could have wiped them up, but now he has spared them. And, and Israel said to Elisha when he saw them, My father, shall I smite them? Elijah wanted to. He wanted to. Shall I smite them? And he answered, Thou shalt not smite them. There's the go. Listening to the voice of the God. Listening to the voice of God. Doing what God wants. Because God's got it. God's already spared us. God, in our own lives, would always take it to prayer. Take everything to prayer. Always pray. Pray without ceasing. Get in this word. It'll tell you what to do. As taken captive by the sword and the bow, set bread and water before them that they may eat and drink and go to their own master. Send them out of here with a full belly. Feed them. Love them. Everyone, when, when somebody lost and you're around somebody, you, we don't need to browbeat them with a Bible and tell them how they're going to hell and all this stuff. Fix them a meal. 
take them fishing. Let the Lord work in their life. Let the Lord look at you and work in their life. You feed them first. And then, the, then their heart is humbled. Their heart is, you can talk to them. If you go, man, you know what the Bible says about you drinking that little paper bag on the corner. Man, you ought not be drinking it. You know, I did. Saying, look, I know I don't, come over here, let me buy you a meal. And then you feed them and then you love them. Verse 23. And he prepared a great providence for them. And when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away. So they went to the master and the bands of Syria came no more to the land of Israel. They said, man, we're not going to get blind again. You know, I, He taught us a good lesson. He spared us this time. He won't spare us next time. He won't. Let's leave him alone for now. Okay, then somebody else took over. Now here's, I'm trying to work something else in here. A famine hit Samaria where they were all at. This is all talking about this whole mountain region. They've, they've now exited that Dothan, but that was the mountain we were talking about, but this is pretty good. Verse 24, And it came to pass after this that Benadad, the king of Syria, gathered all his host and went up and besieged Samaria. There was a great famine in Samaria, and behold, they seized it. And then listen to this. This is how bad it was. Now, you know what? I personally... I would starve to death. I would just, I would just not, I would just, I would just go to, I'd just go to my grave hungry before I do what these people did. There was a great famine in Samaria, and behold, they besieged it. And an ass's head was sold for four score pieces of silver, 40 pieces of silver. No, 20, 40, 80 pieces of silver. And a fourth part of a calf of dove's dung, bird poop. These people are so hungry, they're eating bird poop. For five pieces of silver, a fourth part of our pigeon poop. You gotta be pretty hungry to, to, to do that. I mean, that, that famine, that, we've had, no, I don't think the world has seen a famine that bad yet. I mean, I'd eat leaves, bark, I'd just die hungry. Okay, that was just showing you how bad the, the famine was. So let me jump up ahead here to chapter 7 and show you a deliverance, a mighty deliverance that, that God brought. And Elisha said, Hear ye the word of the Lord, just chapter 7. This is after the, the famine was, was just so gridlocked. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel, two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. See, he's prophesying. Look, guys. Don't give up. I'm telling you now, I'm the man of God. These angels have talked to me. God has talked to me. The famine is going to be over for us. They're the ones that's going to starve. God's going to take care of them. They were mean. They did all these things to us. But let me tell you something. The famine will be over tomorrow. Just hang on. Just hang on. Just hang on. And the Lord whose hand was in the king leaned on him and said, Man of God, said, Behold, if the Lord would make the windows of heaven... Might this thing be? They're saying, oh, it's going to take God. Hey, there's nothing growing here. There's no food here. There's no water here. There's nothing here. It's going to take the windows of heaven to be open to help, to help us. And he said, behold, thou shalt see it with thy own eyes. But you won't be able to eat of it. 
And there were four lepers, men, entering into the gate. And they said one to another, why sit we here until we die? You know, we're sitting here in, this, in the gates. Nobody's going to feed us. We're the last ones to eat. You know, we're, we're going to sit here and die of hunger anyway. It's eye for eye and tooth for tooth over there. If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city. If we And, and we shall die there. If we sit still here, we're going to die. Either way, we're dead. So sitting here is not accomplishing nothing. Doing nothing never accomplishes nothing. Now, therefore, come, let us fall into the hands of the Syrians. Let us go give ourselves up. Let us go remain captive. Let's go give us pay. If they kill us, they kill us. We're going to die here anyway. So let's go just, just walk in and maybe they'll feed us. And save us alive, but shall live. And if they kill us, we shall die anyway. Let's see verse 5. And they rose up in the twilight and go into the care of the Syrians. And when they were come up to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. Them chariots of fire done come back. Them Syrians here heard nothing but a big old host of, host of big old army. They thought they were under siege and they all fled. And you got four lepers coming into the entire camp. Man, look at all this food. Look at all this, look at all this stuff. Man, we have, we have struck rich. And they rose up in the twilight to go into the care of the Syrians. And when they were come to the utmost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made, for the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots, the noise of horses. Even said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us and kings of Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. They just, can you imagine when God sends a noise that sounds like the chariots of fire? These Syrians said, man, we are a toast. Let's get out of Dodge. And they left it all, fleeing for their life. Verse 7. And when they arose and fled in the twilight, they left their tents, their horses, their asses, and the camp was as it was and fled for their life. All right, I've got to finish up here. And when these lepers came to the utmost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink and carried the silver, gold, and raiment and went and hid it and came again into the tent, another tent, and carried it thence and hid that. And here's, here's, here's the Christian way Christians are. You know, the Lord blesses us, share it. Share it. And they said one to another, we do not do well this day. This ain't right. We got a whole city, the whole nation of Israel starving. This day we of good tidings we, and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will going to come upon us. You can't never go wrong doing right. I'm telling you. And this is what the pastor preaches all the time on. All we are is one beggar Telling another beggar where we found the bread when it comes to our salvation. Tell them where we got it. Tell them where the blood flowed. Hey, tell them our story. Tell them what, hey, I know how you feel. I felt the same way, but let me tell you what happened. To tarry here to the morning. Now, therefore, come that we may go and tell the king's house. Hold. And they came and called into the port of the city and they came into them saying, 
We came into the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there was no man there, neither was there voice, no horse, no man, but horses and asses and tents. And he called to the porters, and he came to the king's house within. And the king arose in the night and said to his servants, I will show you what the Syrians have done to us. Well, anyway, I've got to finish up. The long story short, the nation of Israel was saved from four lepers who the whole rest of the town had given up on. I mean, they were selling bird poop for four shekels of silver. There was no food. And these lepers went out saying, hey, I'm going to go turn myself in. They're not going to feed us. We're going to die. Let's go over here and die. Not Not at these scoundrels. They did us wrong. They kicked us to the curb. Let's go over here to our, to our enemies. But they found the bread. They came back and said, look, we're saved. And, and it goes back to the verse that Elijah said, tomorrow, the Lord has shared to the man of God, tomorrow you're going to eat good. Tomorrow you're going to have plenty. And so that was just one of the ministry of Elijah. I'm going to have to stop. But all of this came from the mountains of Dothan where Elijah, the chariots of fire, surrounded these two men. And this man had fear. This man had doubt. And God said, Lord, open his eyes. Just let him see. And anyway, I do have to close with that. I hope you can take some of this with us and and just understand how much power and strength we've got, not in our own might, but the ministry of angels. Are they not all ministering servants sent forth to minister to those who be heirs of salvation? Hebrews chapter 2. They're all ministering spirits sent forth to minister, to serve us. By the word of God. We're not supposed to worship angels, but we certainly believe God sends them. And I'm going to close with that. You listen to Deacon Danny Cahoot. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.